Welcome to Entrepreneurship Lab, a space for all entrepreneurs who want to start, grow and sell their business. In this podcast, we will cover different topics of entrepreneurship, from starting your business, finding your clients and branding yourself. You will be learning everything about marketing, finance, scaling your business, and much, much more. As your host, Nevena Bajalac, I'm welcoming you to my lab where you will together with me create, learn, and grow. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of Entrepreneurship Lab. This is your host, Neven Abajalats, welcoming you once again. In this podcast, where we talk about how you can build, grow, and scale your business. And today, I'm very excited because my guest is Fred Joel. He's coming to us from Los Angeles in U.S. He is entrepreneurs for many decades, built his businesses, and he is the best-selling author of a book, Super Bold. He's now advisor for businesses, also speaker. So, Fred, welcome to the show, and I'm really excited to have you here. Very excited to be here, Navina. I'm looking forward to talking to your worldwide audience. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm always excited having entrepreneurs because everyone has a different story and interviewing. So tell us a little bit more about your background. I know you built businesses years ago and, and you grow them. Did you sold them? Tell us a little bit about your story, how everything started. Uh, I Years ago, back in the 1980s, I was a copywriter in an ad agency and, and I loved doing it, but I didn't love the career arc which swoops up and then falls off a cliff at 50 years old and you can't you can't get a job anywhere and your pay drops to a fifth of what it was before so i said i i'm not going to do that to myself i need to start my own business and uh, a friend of mine happened to have this phone number which was 800 dentist which was a toll free number uh, that and he said i think you could turn this into a business so uh, another friend of mine and i just quit our jobs raised $30,000 from our family. And uh, it just started to find dentists who would pay us to do advertising for them. And we would run radio ads to get people to call this little call center that we set up. And it actually worked. It actually got 50 phone calls the first day, but we had to invent everything about the business that we didn't know. You know, we were in lead gen long before anybody called it lead gen. and we were we had to figure out what's the script for the operators, what's the script for the salespeople, what's the, what's the you know how do we map? We had no mapping software at that point. We had maps with physical maps with little dots on them, <laughs> right, and numbers written on the dots that told us where our dentists were. Um, but we just kept adding dentists, spending more money in advertising. And then switching to TV about two and a half years in, and and then and that was when the game changed. Our business just took off. We tripled uh, our business in that year. Went from a hundred dentists participating to three hundred, and that and we became profitable because we never knew if we were going to be profitable. Yeah. We just kept at it because that's what happens. You get committed enough. You say like, well, I can't lose my family's money, and I, and I've got now I've got employees worried about me, and I've got doctors hoping that we're going to succeed, and so you just keep get up every day and keep working at it, and then it just grew to a point where over thirty years 
we generated over a billion dollars in revenue if you add wow. it all up. And so yeah. uh, very few people do that. And it's, and it's all because we had a, just a tremendous work culture. Uh, we cared about our people and who worked for us. And they, because of it, they created the value to our customers, which was the people calling, looking for a yeah. dentist, and the dentists who were paying us. And, you know, they were, we made colossal mistakes along the way. We just, I said, the history of our business is just survivable mistakes. Uh, <laughs> Tell us some. I love to learn from mistakes. So, and also, I love that you mentioned map because I just shared with you my phone died. And today I was totally lost. Like, how do I find, go to a meetings and find this office because I didn't have my Google map on my phone. And it's so funny how much we are addicted to technology and social media. But I love one thing you said, it was calling people, prospecting, getting leads. And I see a lot of businesses who come to me also as a, as a consultant and a coach, they're like, oh, I want to pay ads. And I'm like, great, but do you pick up the phone and actually call your prospects, right? So people skip those basics. And I love your experience. I'm really appreciating you being here and sharing a little bit that because I think we forgot. I'm, I'm born in the 1990s. So you already built businesses before I was born. Uh, yeah, so I really get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm really privileged because for me that's incredible and inspiring to learn from people like you myself and I think times has changed but there's some basics that haven't changed so tell us first some mistakes like what are some catastrophic mistakes you guys did so we don't do them in our business uh the the biggest mistake we made is we promoted someone to CEO because we just wanted some time off after five <laughs> or six years of running the business every day. So we took somebody internally and raised him beyond his capability. Mm. Uh, and, and then, and we took our eye off the ball for a while and he started to run up debt and stuff. The other, and in that was another huge mistake is we tied his income to ours. So he was, if, if we were getting paid uh, half a million dollars, he was going to get 60% of that. So he ended up borrowing money so he could pay us more money so he could make more money. Wow. And, and finally, my brother, who was the COO of the company said, you need to come in and take a look at what's going on here. And I, so I sat down with the CFO who, who had been totally intimidated by the, our CEO not to tell me what he was doing. And I finally said, all right, what's happening here? And, and when I, once I got into it, I had to fire him. Um, wow. and, uh, and, and it was sad because he was, you know, he was an integral part of the growth of the business, but he just got over his head and, uh, and and started to focus on money and gary and i were never money was never the number one reason we had the business yeah. that was tertiary it was we wanted a great place to go to work and we wanted everybody to win the customers the employees and us everybody had to win or we weren't doing it whatever it was and yeah. uh so that that was huge to to think that that you can take your eye off the ball just because you've put people in place yeah 
And, yeah. and the indicators were all there. We just weren't looking at the monthly financial statements. And yes. we, weren't, we weren't questioning. We were just thinking, wow, we must be doing great if, if we can get paid this. Um, and so I came back in and, and I had to learn a lot about leadership uh, mm -hmm. and, and being a business owner and, and delegating to people that were smarter than me. I, I eventually had just everybody did a better job at everything than I did. And, and I, I got to rely on that, which was very exciting. Uh, the, the other thing that we did that was a big mistake is we didn't stay in our lane. We thought, oh, well, this works in dentistry. Let's try it with chiropractors. Let's try it with lawyers. Let's try it with plastic surgeons. Uh, let's try it with auto mechanics. Fail, 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 fail. Uh, the, the formula didn't work. And, mm. and millions of dollars that just went down the drain trying those things. And we eventually said, no, no, the sweet spot is dentistry. Let's get good at this. Uh, and, and so, but I, you know, we could do two hours on the mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> but those, were, those, were, those were some of the, the key ones that, yeah. that anyone could learn from. And that's, that's part of what I do when I, I coach CEOs and business owners now based on all the potholes that I hit because I say you yeah. can hit different ones I'll keep you from hitting the ones that I hit or you won't hit them as fast as I hit them yeah. <laughs> and knock the <laughs> wheels off your car um, so uh, and that's very enjoyable for me because I knew nothing and I talked to the young CEOs and I realized they've got skills and a good idea and some of the things they need to build a business but they've got all these things that nobody ever told them that, that yeah. I learned the hard way. And I just say, oh, wait, no, don't do that. Uh, you know, the, one of the lessons I teach them early is there's nothing more expensive than a cheap lawyer because the cheap lawyer loses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really expensive. Uh, yeah. The, the expensive lawyer wins uh, and you just you, you bite the bullet and pay her to do the job. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, and I used to try to write contracts myself. That was another stupid move. Uh, but eventually, but, we, I mean, thank you. Yeah, because we can reflect. And I think when we especially when we're starting, we kind of look to save money. And then, like you said, that's trying to save money actually costs you more long term. So it's very important to understand, especially those legal things and, and understanding the market and also investing in someone that saves you time, like you, like advisor, coach, consultant. I work with people and I always have my own coaches and consultants because it saves me time. They, like you said, they saves us for, from the mistakes. So we don't do their mistakes. And we also learn from their experience much faster. A, a good coach is either going to save you five or 10 times the money that uh, that you might have lost or make you five or 10 times the money that they cost you. So if, yeah. you're, gonna, if you're paying a coach, because I charge $5,000 a month to coach people, um, if, if, if I can't bring $600,000 of value to them in accelerated growth or save them $600,000, then I'm not worth it to them. And I know I'm yeah. doing that over and over again. Uh, I'm sometimes I do it in one phone call. It's just yeah. hey, don't do that. That's I know it sounds like a great idea or, you know, they'll try to a typical thing is they'll try to launch two initiatives at once because they're entrepreneurs. Right. That's what we do. We can do 16 things at once. Let's try them all. Um, 
And, and I'll say, you won't know which one's not working when you have a problem. One of them could be working fine, but it looks like they're both failing. Mm. Do them, sequence them. And, oh, amazing. And, and learn from each one before you launch the next one. There's like, oh, but I got to, these will both work and the market's ready. And it's like, yeah, uh, but, but you can grow too fast. You can tip over fast. Yes. Uh, yeah. The other thing I tell them is you, you need money. But if you raise so much money that you solve all your problems with money, you don't learn anything. <laughs> because money, I love spending, it. throwing money at the problem solves it or makes or, or hides the mistake. But there's no information. Yeah. Failure is where all the information is. Success means you got lucky most of the time and you did a bunch of things right and a bunch of things didn't happen to go wrong. But when you make a mistake, there's some information there. All you have to do as a team and say, there's no blame here. How do we learn from this? Yeah, and that's amazing. what my partner and I were really good at. When we decided to do something, it didn't matter whose idea it was anymore. Once we said, let's do it, however it went, that's how it went. And it wasn't like, oh, you, you had this idea and it really cost us. You know, you, you know that was dumb. Yeah. We, didn't, we never did that because once we agreed, we agreed. Same thing in the marriage. Works the same way in a marriage, right? You got to do that. Um, so, so tell it's, us, it's, uh, Fred. Yeah, thank you. Tell us about your book, Super Bold, and uh, it says from underconfident to charismatic in ninety days. And you're very passionate about talking on how important it is to influence people in the right way and how we can influence in business and entrepreneurship. So tell us a little bit more about your book and and actual things that people can implement to help them grow their business. Yeah, so I, I grew up as a very shy, underconfident person, missed all sorts of opportunities in relationships and fun, in work, all of these things just from a lack of confidence. And, and I had to figure out how to become bold. And I, I just emulated people who were bold as, un, as uncomfortable as it made, made me because I couldn't figure out why they were that way. But I saw how their lives were working and I saw what would happen because of their boldness. The doors would open that I wouldn't even dare approach. Uh, and so I, I just, over decades, I refined this skill over and over to, to the point where I, I can meet anybody I want and have a normal conversation with them. I can go on stage with 5,000 people and, and, and give them a high energy, entertaining, uh, impactful experience without breaking a sweat. And this took time to develop. And, I, and people said, well, how did, how did you become this way? Because they didn't even believe I was shy. When they meet me, they say, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that that could be possibly true at all. And I said, talk to people who knew me when I was 20. Uh, and so eventually I, I wrote it in, as a system in a book where it is a systematic way of doing exercises to build your boldness because your ability to connect with people in business and communicate effectively, confidently is the difference between success and failure. To get customers, to get uh, investors, to, you know, if you're going to get up, they're going to invest in you and your confidence and your belief that you can execute this thing. That, that There's a million ideas out there, but there's only a few thousand people who can execute them. You have to project that. So this is a life skill 
that you need to develop. And I think we impair ourselves because of Zoom calls and pitch decks and email and social media. We think we can get it all done without actually interacting with people. You'll find 80% of your key employees face-to-face still, no matter yeah. using every LinkedIn, Indeed, everything, all these things to find employees, you're going to find 80% face-to-face, one-on-one. And yeah. you're certainly going to find out if they are the right person for you one-on-one. You're going to get all your investors face-to-face. You will never get money all through Zoom. Yes. <laughs> if anybody's ever, anybody, whoever told, if there's a consultant who told you that, fire them immediately. Um, and so it's, this is, it, 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 and you can learn it. That's the important thing is you can't just, you, it, this is a skill you need. Even if you're an employee, you need this. You know, you yes. want to be able to ask for a raise. You want to be able to present uh, effectively to your team. You, you, uh, want to attract the best customers and have them be confident about your business and communicate the value. All of these things are about your ability to communicate and be, and project your confidence. And yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, and it's, a, it's a personal life skill as well, but it's certainly critical in business. And so many people say, oh, but I'm an introvert and, uh, you know, I don't feel confident. So I love you sharing how you felt like, oh, I wasn't bold. You know, I wasn't so good in communicating. And, and it's really important for people to understand that they can become and they can become more confident. Doesn't mean they're going to become extroverts, necessarily love being with people all the time, but that's also fine. But you need, like you said, the skills. So can you share with us, Fred? Some tips maybe from your book on where can people start if they don't feel confident, if they are struggling with sales, if they're struggling with speaking with customers, investors, and they need to find this boldness. So where, where should they start? So they start with not hiding behind their self-definition. Oh, I'm an introvert. I don't like to meet people. I'm an introvert, but I'm just a bold introvert. I didn't become somebody else. I can just meet anybody I want. And I walk into a room and I project confidence that, and that people call me charismatic. And it's only because I act like I belong wherever I am. So I, I don't uh, wanna just be out all the time, extroverted meeting everybody. That's not important to me. I get, I'm a writer. I get tons of stuff done alone but I'm alone by choice. And then I, then I can go out and meet anyone. So start with yourself, abandoning your self-definition because it's not doing you any good. It's a place to hide. And then you, you have to start working gradually at this. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, I have a method that one of the steps of the method is the dosage of the, of the experience, control the intensity of your, move into your discomfort zone. So people say, well, how do I start? Well, start talking to strangers. Step (laughs) one, just every day, talk to a stranger, talk to a few strangers. It's incredibly easy to do. And they say, well, I don't know what to say. It's like, you don't need to know. Uh, You don't need to be interesting or exciting or clever or witty. You don't have to be any of those things. You just have to be nice. You just have to be interested in somebody else. You just, so just offer a compliment. You're, you're in, you're in line at the grocery store or at Starbucks. 
the person in front of you, the person behind you, just say, wow, those glasses look great on you. I don't know where you found them, but they really look great on your face. That's it. And and when you do it, do you have, and this is why people get, they get hung up on networking. It's like, I got to meet people because they could be a potential investor or customer or or mentor. And and you got to drop the agenda in every situation and just, your goal should just be to connect with that human being, find out about them. Yeah. And when you do that, they sense your lack of agenda. And that's what's important because they sense your agenda. When you're, you're like probing, like, oh, you know, oh, you like, let's say I'm a real estate broker. Oh, uh, how long have you been in your house? Really? Uh, have, have you, are you thinking about selling your house? They're, they're like two steps in. They're trying to turn them into uh, a, a a seller uh, and turn them into a client instead of just yeah. finding out what they care about. Um, yeah. It's it, And so when you talk to strangers, you start to develop this feedback loop of like, Hey, I just made that person feel good about themselves. And, yeah. and you get good at just coming up with little things to say, and you take the pressure off yourself to be brilliant and to be entertaining. Just yeah. Be interested in them. Yeah, I love it. And I think, uh, like you said, coming without an agenda and just building generally a relationship, getting to know a person, um, just to know them. Hey, you know, what is it, you know, wh- whatever the topic is, like you said, it can open with a compliment. And I love because I think this can help many, many people who feel and I th- and you can sense when people are also approaching you this way or when they are trying to learn this skill. So they are approaching you with this agenda because like, I have to go and speak with the person. Well, you know, you, I think we need to relax and people who are struggling with this need to just relax and 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 have, I know it's not easy uh, or maybe for, for some people who are listening, but really opening up and, and being genuine. I think that's the, that's the only thing, being really genuine into getting to speak with someone. So tell us, uh, Fred, (laughs) tell us uh, where can we get your book and we will make sure to put a link to your website. Tell us just a little bit more about your work. Who are you helping? If anyone listening want to reach out to you, how they can reach out to you and how they can get your book. So the book is available through Amazon and it's in Kindle and Audible version. So if you if you're in in a far off place and it's shipping from the U.S. is is uh, slow and expensive. It is in hardcover, of course. And on my website, fredjoyle.com, I'm Fred Joyle on everything, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm a marketing guy. I grab my name everywhere early on. Uh, So on my website, fredjoyle.com, you can download the exercises in the book because this is a book about doing stuff. Boldness Mm. is your confidence in action. That's what I'm trying to teach you to do. I'm trying to teach you how to build your boldness muscle. So you need to do these exercises and they start very gradually, but you can download a PDF of them. So you have physical versions of them. Because if you're listening on on Audible, you got like, I got to figure out where those exercises are and you got to rewind and stuff. So there's a there's a PDF right there on the website. Wonderful. Um, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So tell and, us for yes, sorry, sorry, go on. So and I'm and I obviously I do keynotes for teams on this anywhere in the world, just because if you can if I can talk to the team and really understand how they would start to build themselves. If you get a sales team, you want them to close more often. 
uh, customer service to be connecting with people better. You get executives that, and, and you're the CEO and you say, look, I, I need to be more confident when I'm in a room. Uh, how do I do that? I can teach you how to do that. So that's where I spend a good part of my time. Wonderful. And I would like to wrap up. We'll make sure to put all of these links to your website and your book uh, in the description of, of this podcast. So everyone listening, make sure to click, make sure to connect with Fred on, on different platforms and social media and follow him. Thank you, Fred, for these amazing tips and, and sharing your story. And I would like to wrap up and finish with maybe one tip that you would like to give to anyone who is building a business out there. Uh, the the mindset shift is the most powerful thing. Uh, and it's to understand that if you can project this, if you can convince yourself of this, is that I belong everywhere. Wherever you are, you belong there. Don't mm -hmm. worry about what you're wearing or if some people are more successful or smarter than you. I've, I've walked into rooms with, that are with billionaires in the room and I can walk up and, and talk to them like a regular human being and they actually appreciate it because I'm not acting like I don't belong there. And, I and in, in your head, there's a voice going, you don't belong here. You don't belong. These people are more famous, interesting, successful, whatever. Um, sh shut that down and just as a mantra, just say, I belong here. I belong wherever I am. Wonderful. Thank you. What an amazing uh, tip and advice. And I hope I'm sure everyone who listened enjoyed it. So thank you for being here once again, Fred. It was really a joy and pleasure. And I'm just going to take listeners, make sure to download, share these episodes, tag us in your stories that you are watching and listening, subscribe and send to others so they can benefit as well. Thank you everyone for listening and see you in the next episode.